right. I am here today with Dylan McDormand and Jimmy Lowe for a bonus episode to bring you guys some more info about the recording process um, of our album that we just released on Tuesday. So the truth is, is uh, Dylan and I can't kind of ran the ship the entire um, journey. And Jimmy. And Jimmy came in and um, <laughs> rocked the boat several times, <laughs> as he does, and complicated things for um, better, better or worse. <laughs> About half and half. Half and half. And so it's uh, really been a lot of fun to work with you, Dylan, and do this with you. We've been an awesome team. And I just <clears throat> thank you so much for your contribution you're on every song except the acapella song and uh yeah all your contributions instrumentally vocally and yeah would just like to hear a little bit more from you about your experience throughout the process yeah Yeah, i appreciate it it was uh it was quite a learning experience surprise surprise recording is very hard (laughs) (laughs) larry was right he was the smart one yeah we should have listened to larry um no it it is more difficult than i anticipated but I had a blast. I enjoy the puzzle aspect of it. It's not just sitting down and playing music. You really have to piece things together. And this is separate from like the tech side of things, getting all of the right equipment, the right mics, just looking at how like a song comes together. It's, uh, it's a bit of a puzzle and some songs jump out at you and they, they're pretty easy to figure out what instrumentation is necessary and what format it should be in, but other songs are not that way. Just that whole, uh, the game of putting it together is, is really fun. It's a weird thing that people, normal people don't do like use your ears harder and pick apart. Like what sounds sound like what things, you know, it's like telling somebody to like look at the color blue and you're like, well, no, what kind of blue in the background of blue are you looking at? So it takes like a different uh, mental, um, like a a different type of cognition that you don't normally do. You know, your ears are strapped to your face. And so you just kind of go along with it in your day-to-day life, but actually to take a step back and, and use them analytically. I mean, for me personally, was really hard. Like, what am I actually trying to listen for and and how do I interpret this and how do I uh, communicate this in like regular layman's terms to someone so they understand and yeah the whole the whole thing was uh was really eye-opening well and it's completely different than playing music live right and in for you and I I think we have most of our experience in just playing uh, acoustic instruments with a group of people and it is a completely separate animal than doing that. And that's what I've spent most of my time doing. And I think you too. And the the recording aspect is a whole nother beast. It's not just like, okay, this song should have mandolin. It's okay. What should the mandolin sound like? What, uh, when should it come in? Uh, uh, is there going to be mandolin solo? And those are like the easy right off the bat. One, two, three questions to to answer and then from there yeah four hours later (laughs) right right like what tone should the mandolin have and should it be louder in this spot and quieter in this spot it's um yeah well that was that was like when the the girls i mean everybody but caitlin has kind of a performance and and vocal like a classical vocal background or at least enough training to where there's some of those things are autopilot for them and not for, 
you know, say me or Caitlin. And so like when they start singing, it's like, you know, and then take two, it's like, perfect. And then, you know, I mean, there are some stuff where I spent seven hours playing the same thing on the violin. You know what I mean? And it's just, uh, yeah, it's a whole nother animal. I've got pretty significant respect for people that are recording artists or like in-house musicians and stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, and then on that note, I went through the, garage band files that I have just to kind of remember the process of everything and shout out to those girls. I I don't think there was a single track where there was more than two vocal takes. And so I think that's a product of their talent. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Not Um, another planet. Yeah. It it was out of this world. It It was absurd. They went in and there were a couple where they, they did the first take and then they kind of looked around and were like, well, should we just do another one for fun? In our defense, it, it is a little bit different, like recording a solo versus singing a song. But still, it was quite impressive. I learned a lot just in the editing process that I did with you, Dylan. That process was tedious, but also really um, rewarding. Because when you finally did get it to sound like what it sounds like in your head, that was, you know, the big winning moment for each track. I think the most difficult thing for us was to to learn the vocabulary of recording. We had covers to base what we wanted it to sound like, and then we had raw files that didn't sound like that. And so it was a process of learning how to put to words, how, how to take those raw files and make it sound like what we wanted it to. I think that was one of the more difficult parts of it. Yeah, I was just going to say too, I think it's w- what got really fun towards towards the middle and then at the end obviously was when we did all start clicking and you know we would be like okay is this the final track and you know I talked to Dylan three or four five times a day for several months and it would be like oh that sounds great but did you hear this little part or uh, did you hear this instrument this banjo sounded funny and I just started to really pick things up that I never would have noticed before and now when I listen to music any music. Yeah, you're spoiled. I'm spoiled. Yeah. And yeah. I want to listen with like really nice headphones and yeah. I want to pick it apart in a in a good way. And it's just really broadened my respect and want to listen to music in a more like uh, immersion sense now. Yeah, totally. What I liked about our group and our team is that, Caitlin, I think you initially were very vocally focused, that your ears went initially to the vocals I tended to kind of pick up the instrumentation side because I was laying down a lot of that stuff. And Jimmy's super analytic brain was, I think, catching all of it. And so it was just kind of like this combination that I think together worked really well. What was some of your favorite parts of the recording, your favorite song? or there, There's quite a few uh, that I love and for different reasons. Crossing the Bar and Darcy Farrow, I love a lot because those two, I think I had a pretty clear idea of what they, what I wanted it to be from the very beginning. And they were exactly that, if not even a little bit better. And they came together really well. There are others that I love for almost the opposite reason, the trouble songs. Uh, Crowded Table gave us a little bit of a, a, a run for our money. Uh, train Robbery had its tricky moments. And so for those two, just working that puzzle and, and bringing those pieces together, finding the right instrumentation, finding the right tempo, 
finding the right uh, harmonies, everything. Those were fun to to pull together. I w- I was really excited about a few things. I've heard like Kate and the sisters, and you know Caitlin's mom and dad sing for years and years and years, and so it's it's not new. But I was really excited to hear the way that they kind of flow together. You know, as sisters, that's like that family thing. You can really like feel the energy. And I'm, I thought it was cool that that's captured. It's kind of like lightning in a bottle type thing. It doesn't surprise me. It's just, it's cool that it's like, that it's, that it's there and you can really feel like the groove and you can feel that they're all in sync. I mean, there's parts, there's parts of some of those songs where like all four of them are singing and it sounds like a single person or maybe one or two, one person singing two harmonies with each other, but it's all four of them. And yes, that's a cool thing. Yes. You know, another thing I, I don't like how my voice sounds. Nobody does. I think a lot of people don't. Yeah. And I, I thought it was cool that in the end, either I listened to it enough when I sang lead on a couple of those songs, it like, it sounds okay to me. It still sounds like I don't sing, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like I sing to the girls every, every night. And so (laughs) it's, you know, I do it all the time, but, um, I thought it was cool that, that, that I think it's a little more tuned up than what I hear in my own head when I sing. The last thing that I thought was really cool through the whole thing. I mean, Dylan, you're a, a good musician and I've always known that and polymath or whatever the equivalent of a polymath for music is. It's probably a polymath. Um, but you played, I mean, you played like piano, like multiple styles of piano, s- multiple styles of mandolin, multiple styles of banjo, multiple guitars, multiple styles of guitar, and you orchestrated and composed everything. And you're like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, and you're as a humble person, <laughs> yeah, you get a nice chuckle. But that I'm like blown away. I keep looking at Caitlin and I'm like, Dylan just like just materialized this. And we know what we want to sound like. Everybody has good musical talent to to plug in to the team drive that we got going on but like you know you'd you'd like dink around in your shop or something and be like come up with something else and it'd be like electric guitar with like banjos i mean there's banjos playing harmonies on top of banjos and it's just like the again capturing that lightning in a bottle was like are you kidding me dude like (laughs) what so i mean just means i was a nerd when i was a kid well, I feel I'm like, you know, already they're like, yeah, great ideas, Jimmy. Okay, step aside so me and Dylan can uh, figure this out. And okay, saw on that dirty old fiddle, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's cool to see uh, to see that magic. And I yeah. mean, everybody involved is has got that magic, but it's very yeah. impressive. I, I'm sure you feel the same, but I feel like I got much better as a musician just in uh, doing this project, I played some electric guitar, which I've done very little of, uh, previous to this project. So I branched out into some new instruments, but just as like being able to know what a song needs is not something that I really spent time thinking about outside of playing like live music in a predominantly bluegrass setting. And I I feel like I have a much better handle on that now. It'd be super fun to like all get together and play live. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like see, now, I, now sound... I really want to play live with everybody, but Dylan would have to be playing like 10 instruments at once. So <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't know how we'd 
pull that off. I'm sure you could, though. You know, you'd figure it out. <laughs> Def Leppard's drummer had one leg for the second album. I mean, you can do anything you want. <laughs> there you go. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Not having the um, the cushion of having like a natural environment to play live music in, or you've got people talking, or mm. you're in a bar, or wh- whatever venue you're playing in, like you, you have that, you can hide, you can play softer, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as a, uh, playing, playing an instrument, you know, if you're, right. if you're hugging a, a microphone vocally, then, you know, what, what you put out is kind of what, what you have. But like, yeah, when you're recording, at least for me playing fiddle, like it's gotta be, I mean, there's no, no mistake. There's no quarter whatsoever. There's no frets. There's no nothing. It's plugged directly into a giant electronic box that's yep. hot. And it's like, I don't understand how people either. There's like mad editing that's done to fix people's tones, uh, which we did play with quite a bit of auto tune when Caitlin sang her <laughs> is it uh tangent caitlin sang her song which i thought was awesome because i've always heard caitlin sing to the kids and stuff like that and it turned out really i really like your song caitlin i like your voice and uh when we were editing it there is a couple parts where like we were like oh i wonder if we could you know move her tone around and stuff and we cranked the auto tune and it was like (laughs) i mean she sounded exactly like t-pain and it was awesome (laughs) and so there's parts of that song uh, wayside where she's singing it and all I can hear my brain automatically goes to like <laughs> auto tune and I can't unhear it. Maybe we can release a Patreon, a tier auto tune version of everything. <laughs> I was going to say our next album will be, you know, uh, the Calico Stray rap version. T-Pain, yeah. T-Pain. We'll get Louise on there because she <laughs> loves uh, rapping when we're driving around in the van. Uh, oh, the Wheeze. The Wheeze. Yeah, yeah. The there wheeze. you go. I was going to say quickly, just to kind of piggyback on what you said, Dylan, about playing around with uh, the electric guitar and and all of us branched out outside of our comfort zone for this. As much as it's like organic, very natural for us to sing all together, this was the next level. So I do think we all branched out of our comfort zones. One of my favorite songs on the album is Me and My Uncle. I just love uh, the, the vibe of it. And it really feels like you're in a like the piano sounds like you're in a bar and yeah. the guitar in that one is great too. And, uh, it has that. Yeah. I just feel like an outlaw when I hear, I hear us all singing. That yeah. Song. You guys are a little spunky little group of evil, evil cadre of women from Denver that <laughs> someone's a bunch of cowboys. Someone's got to do it. The vocals were perfect. The, the attitude, the overall vibe, each individual solo was exactly where it needed to be. And then the instrumentation matched. That was one that, although it was quite big, a lot of different tracks, that it wasn't very difficult. That one was fairly self-evident what uh, what that song needed instrument instrumentally. And so the piano just naturally came out of that that saloon style, yeah. old-timey Western piano. The, the mandolin, uh, guitar, everything just kind of naturally fell into place. The only thing that was a little bit, I wasn't quite sure of initially was the electric lead, but it, seeing as it, uh, it's very reminiscent of the, the dead's version of me and my uncle. It, I think it really fits with that style. I was kind of the, I set up a lot of the equipment and I did a lot of the due diligence to figure out, you know, how are we going to build like a semi, like a professional enough, studio so we'd be proud to spend some money on it 
And I went through a website uh, that had like a customer service team. And I've always thought that was really silly where they like assign you basically a, a trained up salesperson. But this dude, Arturo, was like, hey, man, this is what you should get. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, that's like uh, thousands of dollars. And I was like, ah, what are we going to do? And then we ended up kind of like going with some of the stuff that he recommended, including these mics. And the whole thing, the whole setup from the get-go was like spot on. So Arturo, if you are hearing this uh, from Sweetwater, you're the man. And I would recommend anybody that's trying to do this stuff, you know, there's some pretty good resources to be able to do this at, at a professional level. And then uh, Dave Birchfield has a friend, a connection named Jesse. What's Jesse's last name? Rundle, I believe. But Jesse uh, was kind of like a... um a suggestion for us for mixing and mastering. Initially, we weren't going to mix and master and Dylan started going down the rabbit hole and Jimmy, Jimmy started going down the rabbit hole. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I went down the rabbit hole and then everybody banged their head through a wall and then Jesse came up and uh, we couldn't be happier uh, with yes. him and feel like he's kind of a, uh, like a personal friend at this point. Uh, yep. Awesome. Professional understood, you know, helped us learn how to communicate all these new things that we jumped yeah. into. Uh, so we couldn't be happier with that. Even before we found Jesse via David Birchfield, Dylan basically worked on GarageBand to mix and level, you know, every, almost every track, all but one, I think we sent to Jesse, like completely unleveled. So we um, did a lot of that, you know, groundwork and then met him the rest of the way. And yeah. I think it was really rewarding to do that all together. Yeah. That's yeah. the rabbit hole I'm talking about, Dylan. Well, just own it, Jimmy. You're okay. you're difficult. <laughs> For the record. Difficult. Some people Very difficult. need to have creative <laughs> ideas <laughs> where you think of Okay, Dylan, take it away. <laughs> no, I it truly was uh, a pleasure working with Jesse. Like Caitlin said, I did a decent amount up front, uh, but there's something there's something a little extra uh, that Jesse was able to do and was able to elevate everything that we did. And every week, every request that we had for him, he very quickly handled and just really, really nailed it and had a couple of uh, original ideas for some of the tracks uh, himself and it was great to have an outside ear. I mean, we had heard and been listening to these tunes for uh, quite a while before. And so having a fresh set of professional ears was really quite valuable there. Yeah, you start going cross-eyed or cross-eared. Eared, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, <laughs> Whatever. I definitely want to keep recording music. I think, yeah. if anything, yeah. this taught me that I really love I love music and dancing to music and singing it even when I'm just in the kitchen, but I want to keep doing this. It's very rewarding and I love the creative process. And I think the next time we record music and put out an album, I think we should invite, you know, more Philmont people and just rent, uh, you know, pay for doing it in the, in a studio uh, up front, I don't know, in some cabin in the woods and Colorado or something. So if anyone's listening and interested, we might be knocking. Let's do it. I think I think the key the key is to get yeah, get the cabin. We got all the equipment, we got the instruments and talent, invite some friends with more talent and then hire a sound engineer to be there for the recording. 
Yes. And then have them, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, buddy. Uh, here's some <laughs> money for it. And then yeah. uh, oh, resurrect uh, Tim Culver. Yeah. You know, we're proud of this because we put a lot of work into it and we captured the the rough kind of that we did. We stepped out of our comfort zone and and we've got kind of that live feel um, captured and stuff. And I just like I think I think Tim's out there in the cosmos looking down, but yeah. I think he'd be happy. One of the nicest things that you've said to me, Jimmy, I think, is actually when we were reviewing uh, an edit of Train Robbery, it, it was it was just like a passing comment. You were like, yeah, yeah, and this the spot where you're doing that Tim Culvery mandolin stuff. And I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> that is, yes, as a mandolin player, that's exactly w- what I want to hear. It was a fun project. It really was. It was fun to get together as a family, as a team, and and to do this, and yeah. yeah, whoever wants to be involved next time, uh, it's it's a lot of back and Let's forth and thinking uh, and and listening to Jimmy when he has good ideas and stuff like that. And uh, I'm excited yeah, to get it, some more originals together. There's a lot of special tunes on this. I'm excited for people to hear it. There's uh, incredible sister harmonies and uh, fun instrumentation. And uh, I hope I hope everybody likes it. Thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to this fun extra episode this week. And uh, head to Bandcamp. You can purchase a copy of the a digital copy of the album there, and the proceeds go to the podcast. So thanks for supporting the show. Mm-hmm.